dear friends, I hope you don't mind if I interrupt you. So I think all of you know me as the brother of Olga, so here she is, and I wanted to reaffirm that. So I wanted to thank you, uh, Olga and I, brother and sister. Uh, I'd like to thank you very much, all of you, for being with us today. Uh, this is, uh, we're particularly proud and moved of today's event. It's year number 20. And uh, we have pledged to do this event uh, year after year, regardless of what is happening in Greece politically and economically. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's no other track record like ours where you have an investment event about Greece, but not in Greece, outside of Greece, in, in the U.S. So we thank you very much. <laughs> so the other day I was in my office and uh, suddenly I hear Olga screaming. And I said, what happened? So Olga was saying, I, I've been looking back at the pictures of these 20 years <laughs> and I see that we have changed a lot. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, there are the pictures. So anyway, without any more delay, I'd like to thank all of you for being here today. Uh, I have to, to say that uh, we are sold out. I mean, frankly, the, uh, we could not fit more people in this uh, luncheon uh, out of uh, security reasons. <laughs> so it's, I guess it's wonderful to say that uh, on the 20th year of our event, we're completely sold out. So. We have a great uh, list of panelists during the day. I'm absolutely awed to see the investor interest. Uh, we held uh, a series of meetings with uh, Mr. Sakalotos, with Ms. Kundura, uh, and I have to say it, it's amazing to see exactly, call it curiosity, call it interest, whatever you want to call it, but the investors are there interacting, talking, probing, asking for information. So without any more delay, I'd like to thank you all uh, we have a long list of uh, very loyal uh, friends and sponsors. I, I would say, if you allow me, after having done business with these investment banks or companies for a long time, I, I think the business relationship has transformed into a more personal relationship. We are grateful for their trust. We are grateful for their friendship and for the fact that they give us the opportunity to do what we're doing. So if you allow me, I will not say thank you to our sponsors. I will say thank you to our friends for being loyal supporters and giving us the opportunity to do what we do. And uh, <laughs> we have with us Minister Sakalotos. We also have uh, Minister Contura. Uh, in the morning, I was so tired that I introduced Mrs. Contura as Minister of Finance. I hope Mr. Sakalotos will forgive me. <laughs> I will not make the mistake to introduce as Minister of Tourism. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are also uh, honored that uh, we have uh, Matthew Palmer. Matthew is the newly, recently appointed uh, Undersecretary from the USA Department of Responses for Greece and Cyprus. So I think I, it's safe to say we have a friend of Greece in this room. Uh, wonderful to have him with us. And. Uh, Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's for a good cause. 
And uh, tonight we have the, uh, the honor to pay our respects to Evangelos Mytilineos uh, for, uh, with, the Hellenic, uh, with the Capital Link Hellenic Leadership Award, recognizing, and I will say that at night, um, his contribution to Greece uh, un under his leadership. Uh, Mytilineos group has involved into one of the few major Greek multinationals, quality multinationals. Uh, he has contributed a lot to the Greek economy by investing heavily in Greece and by attracting uh, foreign capital into Greece. So we have the opportunity to pay our respects to him and here he is today. I'm delighted he came to the luncheon. And of course, Matthew Palmer is the keynote speaker uh, at dinner. I'd like to ask um, the uh, Stefan Jekyll from the New York Stock Exchange. I don't know where he is. Uh, they have been our partners for this event for a long, long time. So I'd like to thank them for their partnership. And then I will call to our, our other partners, uh, Jay Collins, from Citibank to come to the podium. And, uh, and of course, I'd like to thank, I, I'm glad Olga reminded me, I'd like to thank uh, my team, the Capital Link team, for putting together great events, and in particular, Eleni Bay. You all know Eleni. She's <laughs> uh, the, the heart behind, the, behind it. So, Stefan, please. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Um, it's a pleasure and honor to be here on the 20th annual uh, Capital Link Summit today. And uh, I've only known this event as a standing room only. So compliments for the consistency, dedication, and, uh, um, and the, the high-profile event that you put together. Obviously, we're uh, closely aligned here when it comes to, well, not just the obvious in terms of us being here where our clients and IPO prospects are, but also plenty of key intermediaries that you manage to gather in one room, bankers, lawyers, auditors, consultants, chambers of commerce. I've seen several in the room here, uh, so really congratulations. And in addition to having over 22 listings and over 22 listed securities from from around 10 uh, Greek-based issuers traded on the New York Stock Exchange and issuers actively uh, accessing the U.S. capital markets here. We also salute the, the Greek American business diaspora that's in the room here and where uh, also as evidenced by honorees from both sides of the Atlantic over, over the recent years. We have several length in history, uh, Jay, in terms of um, helping entrepreneurs, helping visionaries to raise capital for their ideas, to finance their growth. And with that segue, actually, I would like to hand over to Jay Collins here, Managing Director and Vice Chairman of Corporate and Investment Banking at Citi. Again, we, uh, we both have a 200 plus year history here based in downtown New York. And with that, let me hand over to Jay, please. Before, thank you, Stefan. Of course, uh, Citibank has been our partner for over 10 years. But I would like to say that our event really is an open platform. And uh, this is not an, a Greek event. It's an international event about Greece in New York. And uh, we owe a lot to our partners, the, uh, the other investment banks that have contributed. So I just wanted to, to mention uh, for Citibank, BNP Paribas, uh, EY, not an investment bank, but a great friends for years. Uh, Goldman Sachs, Nomura, uh, Credit Suisse. Uh, I hope I haven't forgotten anybody. And of course, Axia, 
for being with us for a long time. Olga, I hope I did not forget an investment bank uh, because, frankly, a lot of our success is to them. Uh, I'd like to thank National Bank of Greece also and the Bank of Piraeus, Piraeus Bank, and uh, Giorgio, I think I, I did mention BNP, am I right? So anyway, so now I will hand it over, I will hand it over to Jay. Uh, again, it's amazing that we have this relationship going over 10 years. I will not steal the thunder from him. The floor is yours. Thank you. So I, I, I overrode the team a little bit. They thought 20 years meant a 20-page speech. So we, we left the 20-page speech behind. But thank you all for, for being here. And thank you, Nicholas. Uh, 20 years is a long time through thick and, and thin, good times, difficult times. Um, and every year, you know, we've just watched this forum um, grow, always have the right people in the room, investors, corporates, um, and of course, government officials. So uh, ministers, thank you for, for joining us, and partners, colleagues, thank you again. Um, as Nicholas said, City's been supporting this, I think, about a decade now. Um, and I've been doing this a while as well. In fact, I had a colleague say to me, you're kind of like a fixture, like the furniture. You've been, I think he thought that was a compliment. <laughs> uh, didn't feel so great about that. But, um, but this is a fixture. In fact, um, this forum is a fixture. Um, and for those of you that have been coming here for a long time, as I have, realize that it's really unique. Um, there isn't anything quite, quite like it. Um, this has been a, an incredible year, 2018, um, for Greece. Um, we've watched Greece emerge, as the minister is going to talk about, from an eight-year uh, uh, restructuring program, fiscal consolidation, um, and quite frankly, um, an austerity program that the Greek people have, have lived through to transition to growth um, uh, and expected surpluses that have, have surprised many in the market, and including myself. Um, and as the minister and I were just talking about, quite frankly, as we watch the turmoil going on in Europe, Greece has already been through this. Greece has seen a lot of what we're watching play out on a daily basis across uh, across the continent, and, and we hope that that, uh, that, that that is a good thing. And while I watch, certainly, the, the market and others talk about 180% of debt to GDP, um, we look at the low interest coupon and, and the long duration of that debt, and quite frankly, that tells a, a different story. Um, but we do need growth, and the minister will talk about that. We, we need FDI and we need jobs, and quite frankly, that's why we're here. And um, without the investment from abroad into, and the confidence that has driven, uh, I think, uh, double-digit double uh, tourism growth, um, which is double the, the, the median, as I just heard from the minister, of, of tourism growth anywhere in the world, um, unless we can continue to get the investment that you all have the potential to deliver to Greece. Um, and we'll need that against headwinds, um, whether it's qualitative tightening as opposed to easing, whether it's the Fed environment um, uh, here and continued higher rates, certainly geopolitical and geostrategic uh, headwinds as well. Um, creating the jobs, creating the confidence and investment is, is a tall order. Um, we're certainly proud as city to have spent uh, 54 years in Greece. It's a long, long time. 
um, and they've been, they've been great years. Our, our, our business there um, has been a success, again, like this forum through thick and, and thin. And this year, both in terms of helping to bring the sovereign back to the capital markets, um, advising Alpha Bank on, on the $1 billion of, of, of MPLs, critical to addressing the ongoing bank issues and MPLs in the financial services space, the IPO of um, Energan Oil, um, and for those of you that don't know, that is, that is not uh, olive oil. Um, very successful IPO there. And, and, and finally, just working with all of you, most of you in the room are, are city clients on the ground, and we appreciate that business. So let, let me turn now to the Minister uh, Tsakalotos, uh, who I'm proud to call a friend. Um, and really introduce him as, as not just someone with an extraordinary career, but certainly since 2015 has, has led a lot of the difficult times back to where we are uh, today. Shepherd in Greece, both through a major promotion of export effort, uh, attracting new investments to the, to the economy and the country, the completion of the third program, which was certainly no easy task, but probably most in, uh, most important, as I've seen up close, is just his determination to, to chart a path to the exit uh, of the program and to actually make it happen. And, and most importantly now is the, his vision for, for where we go from here. Um, so without further ado, Minister, uh, welcome to the podium and thank you for being here. Good afternoon, everybody. I'd like to thank Jay for his kind comments. And I suppose, as we now have to call him Olga's brother, uh, for um, <laughs> organizing this uh, uh, event for the 20th year. Both Olga and Nicolas are uh, wonderful in the way they organize things. They're a bit Calvinistic. Must, this can't be the orthodox uh, bit, because uh, it must be something to do with New York and the lack of drink in, the, in these things. But, <laughs> but I, I'll, turn, I'll turn a blind eye to that. Um, I, I, I was interested that Stefan the, from the New York Stock Exchange said how nice it was here to have lawyers and auditors and bankers, and he didn't actually mention economists. So, so, so I, I was a bit worried why I'm, I'm actually here. And I, I got the feeling that the New York Stock Exchange has the same view of economists that my granny had. Um, 40 years ago, I, I returned to my hometown in Prevesa uh, and happened to fall on into the first day I got there, my granny's meeting with her annual, her weekly meeting with her friends, and they, she, they all asked me, how great to see you again, what have you done? I said, I've, been, I've just got into university, and they said, that's wonderful, well done. What university? Um, that, Oxford, wonderful, well done. That's, uh, and then they said, what are you gonna study? And I said, economics, dead silence. No, nobody spoke until one good soul said, never mind, it doesn't matter, we can't all be doctors and lawyers. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so I, I am an economist uh, as well as a minister of finance. Let me say this, that um, before becoming a minister, one of my research interests was leading indicators of the business cycle. 
Um, and I now have a new leading indicator, which is the number of days I get holidays. Um, so in 2015, I had two days. In 2016, I had five days. In 2017, 10 days. And 2018, I had two weeks. So you can now have uh, a privileged epistemological insight if you want to predict Greek growth in the future, um, what indicator to be able to follow. Um, Greek growth is back. We are out of the program. And in many ways, we're following in the footsteps of, of Portugal. Um, we have done a huge number of reforms over the last uh, eight years. Um, we've exited the program with uh, advice uh, how to organize the post-program surveillance. Mario Centeno, the president of the Eurogroup and finance minister of, of Portugal, has been very generous with his help. Um, we've exited the program as Portugal with a large buffer, which means uh, that uh, more or less Greek debt is collateralized over the next two, two and a half years. And because of the debt deal, we have going forward uh, a, a clear runway. Um, I actually remember this time last year, I spoke to this audience and somebody asked me what would be a good deal on debt and I said a good deal on debt would be one that gave investors a 10, 15 years runway to be able to have low financing needs and to be able to deal with uh, Greece's uh, remaining problems. So there's no post hoc ergo propter hoc here. I announced it and I think that's exactly what we did get. We got this um, deal on debt, which together with other stuff that's been going on in debt, changing our maturities from floating rates to fixed uh, rates and at low level uh, has been very important. Um, so we've exited the strategy with um, a view to coming out of to the markets. Obviously, there's been turmoil since the summer, and that has been delayed. But part of the um, return to the markets is that the PDMA is returning to a normal way of acting. It's been meeting banks over the last month or so, and it should be announcing very soon um, the financing needs for 2019 and how many times uh, we'll go out. Um, I'm very proud that our head of PDMA, uh, Dimitris Tsakonas, that some of you know and is somewhere here, uh, was awarded um, uh, the prize for one of the best, the best sovereign risk manager for 2009, uh, 2018, so we can trust him that he will have a good plan for 2019. Um, we've also exited the program with a growth strategy, of which I spoke of uh, last year and I will come back to. Uh, but the essence of publishing a growth strategy, and it's not just an ideas document, it's a document that actually has in its uh, annex uh, a timeline so that investors can follow the progress in various areas where we think reform is needed. It also has um, within it the social program and what the Syriza government wants to do to be able to have the right balance between continuing reform and social inclusion, because we think that is the sustainable course over the future. That too, I will come back to. So the document basically is 
an indication that with the Syriza Arnel government, you will not get any surprises. You might like some aspects more than others of the program, but at least you can see in a transparent way what reforms we wanted, to, we've carried out, which reforms are under the stage of implementation, and what will be carried out in the future. One of the areas that there will be no surprises is the fiscal side. Um, 2018 was the third straight year of overperformance. Um, so we've had another social dividend for the lowest, uh, uh, the, the, the people suffering most in the Greek society after the eight years of recession. It's not a great strategy to have an overperformance every year uh, in the sense that it's a drag on, on the economy. In part, it was because of the four institutions and um, especially the IMF. I have to say especially the IMF because I can see representatives of the three European institutions here and I can't see anybody from the IMF. Um, the, the, the institutions generally had a, a, a very conservative yield, a view about the yields of measures, but there was um, other things that made for the overperformance. Um, there was a lot of literature recently about jobless growth. In a sense, Greece was the opposite. We had growth, but more employment than you would have suspected with that given level of growth. So that has increased the social security uh, uh, payments and has also increased the overperformance. So on the one hand, growth would have been better without that overperformance uh, and, and greater fiscal surplus than the target. But on the other hand, it's helped the credibility of the government. It's helped people to understand that when we set, target, set targets, we keep to them and we can overperform. Uh, and that means that it's good for fiscal policy going forward. So although we have a high primary fiscal target of 3.5% for the next four years to 2022, which are, as an economist I think are too high, but the, which means that the level of austerity will still be quite large. The interesting thing is to make a distinction between levels and changes. And what we will have over the next four years at the level of changes will be expansionary fiscal policy, because if we did nothing, by 2022, the primary fiscal surplus would be 5.2%, so that gives us a 3.5 cumulative, uh, 3.5 billion cumulative space for expenditure, uh, and that means we start this year with 910 million, which is for both growth enhancing measures and targeted social um, policy. And that's why this discussion with the IMF of whether we should reduce pensions, uh, which were pre-legislated with 2019, uh, January 2019, went so smoothly, because the whole of the Eurogroup and the institutions were convinced of our argument that the uh, reduction in pensions was not a structural measure, it didn't affect the long-run sustainability of the pension system, and we had the fiscal space to do some of the kind of things that the IMF and others wanted to do, because there was a, 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 a point in what they were saying. For instance, they were saying that with the Greek, uh, the envelope of Greek social spending was too skewed towards pensions, and there wasn't enough on housing or child uh, benefit, and now we have the fiscal space to be able to do that, uh, to, re to increase housing benefits and child uh, spending without uh, reducing pension, and at the same time doing growth-friendly measures like reducing the corporate rate of income tax by 1% every year for, for, for the next four years and cutting certain social um, security contributions. I now turn to, to, to the, the growth strategy. 
um, which has three main elements. I think I discussed this with you last year. The one, this is three main elements taking into account that we've done a lot of reforms. A lot of reforms are in the implementation stage and we need new reforms. What are the areas of the new reforms? They are in the public administration, uh, justice, uh, the slowness of justice, and the, the business environment. My role for, for this is um, creating the fiscal space for be, to be able to help the Minister of Development or the Minister of uh, Health or uh, Education. Uh, of course, last year I said that um, uh, my goal was by the time I was here next year to be the, the, mo the least significant minister in the government. Um, it's a bit like an old school teacher I had in England who always used to announce that they were leaving at the end of the year and by the time I left they ha he, had, he had achieved three gold watches because each year sort of um, gave them. So I haven't really changed my mind. I, I still agree that um, I should be insignificant in the fact that I do so spade work for other ministers to do the job. But I have had my equivalent of changing my mind is I still think there is one very, very important reform which the Ministry of Finance should be doing over the next four or five years, and that is the restructuring of the tax system. The tax system needs to be much more stable over the long run. It needs to be much simpler, and it needs me, uh, to be fairer. And that is one reform which could make me of some uh, of marginal uh, in importance. The public administration reforms are very important. Um, one of the things I worry about if we lose at the elections, which obviously I, um, I'm assuming we're not going to lose, is a backtracking on public administration reforms. It is almost impossible, in my view, to overstate the harm that has been done to the Greek economy and society from clientelistic politics. The idea that if you wanted an investment license, or if you needed your pension, there had to be somebody who had to have a personal contact. That has been disastrous for the Greek economy. It wasn't inefficient. Don't get me wrong, it was a very efficient system. It was just efficient for the reproduction of political power. It wasn't efficient for the economy. It is, in my view, very critical that we continue with this public administration reform, that people have a simple system of administration and that, that they are able to rely that there are a set of rules and those set of rules, whether it is to be able to get a license for a new business or, a li or, or to get your pension, needs no political uh, intermediation at all. The second area is of justice and the slowness of, of, of Greek um, justice. Um, I'll keep my views on lawyers and judges to myself. Um, they have a, a tendency um, to, uh, to uh, there, there's no concept of opportunity cost. The first thing we teach um, to, to students in the first year micro is the concept of opportunity cost. If you do one thing, you can't do another. And that isn't really at the heart of, of Greek justice. So we need a, quite a lot of reforms to speed that up because obviously that is a, a problem. The third area is the, the investment uh, environment, the business environment where we're continuing with a large number of, of, of reforms to, to, to be able to do that. The challenges that are ahead, I'm sure you'll uh, agree with me, are the banks. I don't want to exaggerate the problem of the banks. I'll remind you that the banks have been recapitalized, that they have passed the stress tests, that they have been meeting their SSM targets, um, that they have been reducing the ELA. 
and they have, when needed, be lending to the real economy. Um, only recently there's been an extension on the lease for the Eleftherios Venizelos, the main Athens airport, and that was funded exclusively um, by, by the Greek banks. I say that because people always say to me, well, how will you be able to have growth if the banks aren't able to lend? And I answer to that, um, yes, they, they, it's true, but they can lend, and it's not the only problem that Greece ha uh, uh, faces, and it's not only a Greek problem. The problem Greece faces is not just a shortage of financing, it's also to have very good investment projects in which to be ordered to, to, to finance. And that is very important. One of the, the institutions that has helped us very much uh, over the last uh, years is the EIB, who, uh, although is quite a centralized organization in general, in the Greek, i.e. basing most of its activities in Luxembourg, in the Greek case, it's had uh, quite a big team on the ground to be able to help firms to present good business plans, to be able to cooperate, uh, to be able um, to, um, to, to, to get the investment. But obviously, the, the, I, I don't want to minimize the problem of the NPLs. Um, you will be... Uh, you heard that a lot has been going on recently. Uh, there have been private initiatives from, uh, for instance, uh, Eurobank. There's been a lot of uh, uh, legislation passed to help banks reduce their uh, NPL uh, and NP exposure through the out-of-work um, uh, work out of court workout the bankruptcy law uh, we are considering uh, to do uh, an asset protection scheme which we think um, people are asking me that there are various ideas going round from the Bank of Greece from the uh, from the Hellenic uh, the HFSF the Hellenic uh, financial stability fund let me tell you I can't announce when we will be ready it will be soon but let me give you the criteria of what we want to do which I think might be helpful firstly one criterion is uh, the speed of implementation and the lack of execution risk and the ability to know, to foresee the reaction of DGCOM and other institutions. So it seems to me that Greece needs a system that is easy to implement, that has already got a track record. People have been working on it, so I can just see the CEO there of the HFSF, has been, they've been working on this uh, asset protection scheme there. So work has been done, we have the Italian experience, and we have other people doing other ideas which could be incorporated into the, the main scheme uh, over the long run. So it's very important that we have a scheme that we can implement quickly, that we know what DGCOM's competition's reaction is likely to, to be, uh, and we can then discuss with the ESM. Let me conclude with, with a final uh, two or three more, more general thoughts. Um, I think it's been exciting times for uh, Greece. Um, it's uh, coming out from a very difficult situation. It has a lot of successes apart from the economy. I think the, the compromise with our northern neighbor, uh, the former uh, Yugoslavian Republic of Macedonia, is very important. It shows that Greece can be a country that is actually leading to, to solutions and not creating problems. 
it's important for my part of Greece, which is northern Greece, for, for its geostrategically, but also for investment. If you come from a town like Salonika, and you want Salonika to be a hub of uh, transport, energy, commerce, and it has a big port, then not having good relations with your northern neighbor is not a good, uh, a good idea. So the ability to solve that is very important in geostrategic terms. It's important in economic terms, but it's also very important in, in the turning back the tide of nationalism, which is a fear that many of you may share with me, uh, is a, an open danger in, in, in Europe. Secondly, the Greek government has um, been uh, one of those member states in the Eurogroup and in the, and in the European Council, which has been at the front of trying to change and deepen the European economic and financial architecture of the Eurozone. It's one of the things that worries me um, over the last three years, that in these discussions about the Eurozone, I agree more with bankers and central bankers than with uh, traditional politicians. It, it doesn't do very good for my left-wing credibility, you see. But it, it actually is true that there seems to be a, a consensus from economists to bankers to central bankers that, that, that there does need to be an agenda for Eurozone deepening and the kind of things like a budget for the Eurozone uh, stabilization policy. And I think the Greek government has been one of those that has been supporting that, um, uh, that process. And I, I'm, that's the second thing I'm proud of. The third thing that I'm proud of is that with the kind of politics that is, has been developing I in Europe, and uh, like I said, many of us uh, are fear, it seems to me absolutely crucial that we have governments that have a balance between reforms and social inclusion. The lack, just having reforms without social uh, in inclusion uh, uh, leads to desperate right-wing nationalistic politics. Uh, and in my view, it's a mistake to just attack populists without looking at the causes that create populism. It's too simple, it's too superficial. If you want to understand some of the populist, right-wing populist nationalists, just accusing and abusing them without looking, even, I would say, to supporters of Brexit, without looking at where these people are coming from, what problems they had, and without politicians and bankers understanding those problems, we really will be in danger. And of course, the opposite is all true. Um, having social inclusion without reforms and without serious, good, sound uh, financial policy is equally dangerous and, and disruptive. So I think we need a lot of governments like our own that seem to be able, are trying to balance both refor a reform drive and social in inclusion. And I think that's important for the future of Greece, and I think it's important for the future of, of Europe. And with that, I'd like to thank you for your attention. So, I don't know if I organize it, but I was asked whether I would be willing to take a few questions. And like last year, I'm more than happy to do that if there are any.
Thank you very much. <laughs> I've dealt with all the possible questions, I think. Uh, <laughs> Well, um, it's not u universally in good shape. Um, I think I, I, I think you can uh, you can uh, you could say that. It, it depends what you think the project is, I, I, and I'd like to thank the gentleman for his good words. But I, I, I definitely think it is, uh, and I'm sure Eleanor would agree with me, a very much a collective um, project we have. And that collective project is that when you're in difficult times. Um, uh, progressive people can't just put their heads in the sand and say it's somebody else's business because we didn't create the mess. Um, uh, it, it is true we didn't create the mess. Uh, when we came to the crisis, um, Syriza um, was probably 3-4% of the vote. Uh, the, the, the party of Eleanor probably ha wasn't even in existence or it was just starting uh, at that period. Uh, the decision we took is that, um, you know, when you face a problem, you've got to see whether you can get this right balance between reform and social inclusion. And I think um, we're obviously not perfect. We obviously haven't got a monopoly of, of, of truth. Um, but we do think we've brought back um, normality in Greece and to be able to have normal uh, political dispute, uh, disputes. I, I think, and maybe this is important, I think it's very important that there is left and right, and they argue on policy issues. Um, because, as John Stuart Mill said, disagreement is actually the oxygen of, of democracy. Yeah, if everybody agrees, uh, and there's no difference in economic policy on, on the d degree of distribution or how you deal with climate change, a lot of people get very disgruntled and alienated. It's as if politics doesn't make any difference. I think it should make a difference whether you have a center-left government or a center-right as long as the discussion is carried out on policy terms. That's why I was so... I'm so keen that our government makes even more strides on clientelistic politics because that cuts us, that cuts across the genuine serious political debates that we should be having. The degree of redistribution in, in, in an economy, uh, the, 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 the role of the uh, public sector in health or education as opposed to the, the private sector. These are all important issues that are, I'm sure you disagree about in America uh, and we disagree about Europe and we have to return to that kind of politics where politics is about real policy uh, um, options and rather than you know who gets in and who, who has uh, the right to appoint people and, and so on.
I won't make the flippant point that I thought lawyers made their money from the complications. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, no, it's a serious question and, and, and it deserves a, 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 a serious answer. But there are two factors. One is that corporate income tax is not so high as you suggested in, in, in Greece. It's 29% and it will be reduced 1% per year for the next four years. That's part of how we're going to use our, our fiscal space. Secondly, of course there are areas where there's overtaxation. We've had the biggest fiscal adjustment, readjustment in history. Yeah, this has been, you know, and we still have a very high 3.5% primary fiscal uh, target. So obviously there are areas that are overtaxed and we have now created this fiscal space, which as I said would be spent half in, in, in social, targeted social programs, especially where the incidence of, of uh, poverty is very high, like children, uh, but also growth uh, inducing uh, measures. So over the next four years, we will tr be trying to address that. Now, on the investment side, the Ministry of Economy, which is effectively the Ministry of Development, has created a framework for investment where there are stable taxes. Because apart from the center-left, center-right, what taxes should be, I've understood that investors are, of course, given a choice, higher taxes, lower taxes, they will always prefer lower taxes. But even more important is the stability uh, so that they can plan ahead. So that issue has been addressed. But you're quite right that the, the, the real issue uh, in Greece is to widen the tax base, address the issue of um, uh, tax evasion and avoidance to be able to create a simpler system. I mean, my only defense is that we've had this huge fiscal readjustment consolidation, so it's been very difficult in crisis years to think strategically. Um, you know, the last three years has been crisis to crisis, and to actually to be able to have the time to sit down and think of what would be the tax system that would be appropriate for the next four or five years is um, uh, very difficult. So part of my optimism is the return to normality. People will be able to come forward with such strategies of, of, a, of a much better tax system and to be able to discuss it with public deliberation to, to uh, avoid mistakes. Yeah, I wasn't aware that growth is uh, on demand, yes. Um, you know, you can have strategies for reducing taxes or doing this, but you don't actually order growth, yes. So new democracy will have to explain to you, to, to, to your humble selves, uh, what, what their plans are. I, I'm not sure, I mean, I'm not sure even the IMF any longer believes that there's a huge uh, equity efficiency trade-off. There's many reasons for, uh, for thinking that, yes? That in, in a very inequitable society, for instance, uh, you know, there is bigger pressure for distorting taxes, for instance. There's, a, there's an awful lot of evidence on that. Um, but the, 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 the real evidence that um, um, we need to take seriously 
the social element is that the, the politics that's now currently uh, we're currently seeing in Europe. Uh, if you think that reforms are important, you have to have a stable framework and to avoid reform fatigue. And uh, ignoring that is a very serious uh, uh, issue. Well, so, so I, I mean, I'm really confident we'll have good growth for the next two or three years. But for me, that's not the important issue. I've discounted that. We're going to have it's going to finish above two percent this year. It's going to be two point five next year. And I think there's every reason to think of good growth. The, 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 the real issue is that it's sustainable. And that's why the growth strategy is a central piece of, of, of our, our approach, because nobody can predict, or so, uh, least of all uh, e economists. Um, and so, so the, the, the idea is to have a growth strategy in, in order to, to make that uh, growth uh, sustainable. Okay, thank you very much again. Thank you. Well, Mr. Minister, thank you. By the way, I would like to mention that the minister has not spoken from a draft. He didn't have prepared notes, which I think indicates his capacity to deliver the message. Uh, dear friends, I'd like to thank you all. Uh, I'd like to thank the investment banks, the banks, the law firms, the auditing firms, all the corporates. And I forgot, uh, by the way, to uh, thank uh, Sacos Energy Navigation for being not only one of the lead sponsors of this event, but a global sponsor of all of our events around the world. So this afternoon, I think we have panels on the most critical topics. We have the four systemic banks talking about uh, the growth and outlook of the banking system, NPLs. We have a panel of investors who will explain why they invested in Greece. So please join us downstairs. It will be a fascinating uh, afternoon.